Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, Randy Kay here. We all go through struggles at times, and I want to share with you through stories and insights and interviews with others how much God loves you. He loves you immensely, and that's what I hope you will hear through our interviews and what we have to share with you. Thanks for staying tuned. Here we go. Hi, welcome to this edition of Revelations from Heaven. My guest today, Bishop Reed, when he was a young person in his 20s, he died from a drug overdose. He experienced both heaven and hell. Since uh, he became a believer in Jesus as his Lord and Savior, he has evangelized and many have come to know the Lord through his ministry. But it took this one experience, really, I am assuming is a wake-up call. So, uh, Bishop Reed, it is great to have you uh, with us today. Nice to be with you today, Randy. Um, well, I've been, pardon me? No, please. Um, I've been looking forward to talking with you and to also meet with you. Um, I heard your testimony and um, another testimony that you guys aired on YouTube about a young man that uh, had a hell experience. And I was able to relate. And I said, I have to get in touch with Randy or his ministry and share my experience with him. Um, it started for me, Randy, at a young age. Um, when I was, um, I can remember far back as the age of, um, I would say four to five, um, dealing with a lot of uh, spiritual matters uh, so far as demon harassment. Um, and right today, I can still draw them uh, just as vivid as, you know, as it was yesterday. Um, I would anticipate some of them to come up to the bed to harass me. I would wake up. I believe I would sleep. Uh, I, did, I, I really couldn't tell. But I would wake up with scratches on my uh, chest and uh, one one of the little demons stood about maybe two and a half feet tall, long clawed nails, uh, four fingers, uh, four clawed uh, feet, and uh, the eyes were slanted and they were red with a little dot as a pupil. And he would torment me and I would literally hear him come up the stairs and be at the foot of my bed peeking and I would always prepare myself to fight as time went on, um, I began to have a lot of experiences, uh, manifestations, uh, as they call them today, poltergeists. Um, uh, in bed one evening and uh, the door opened and the room temperature dropped below zero as I can describe it. And um, whatever entered into the bedroom, it was hovering. And at the time my wife was with me in the bed and uh, I knew something was wrong. And I put her in a headlock to hold her head because I did not want her to see what was ever at the end of the bed. She broke loose from the headlock and she screamed bloody murder. 
um, her mother come running into the uh, bedroom with a 38 revolver, thinking that I was beating on her daughter. I had to tell her, well, wait a minute, something just happened here. And um, I asked my wife, I said, what did you see? Said it was my uncle. He had no hands, no feet. He was hovering above the bed in a black suit and he had no eyes and fire was in his eyes. When she hollered, the door slammed closed and the room temperature became normal again. Um, so another young lady I had a confrontation with in front of a mirror and um, she got very violent, very belligerent and she attacked me and I grabbed her hands. And um, when I looked into in the mirror, what we were standing in front of, the demon showed himself upon her. It was the most grotesque thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, it was huge. It had a head about maybe four feet wide and on the head was all horns and uh, warts all over the head. And this, I believe, was on her attacking me at the time. Many different uh, situations I've experienced concerning demons uh, walking through, especially when I got into the church, uh, praying for people, uh, the manifestation of speaking in other languages, uh, refusal of coming out of the individual. Uh, even my daughter, my daughter today, she's uh, 46 years old and she called me and she uh, was telling me she was being harassed by a demon, and she also had physical experience from a sexual standpoint with this entity. Um, and I could only communicate with her over the phone. And during the time of communication, she, uh, the phone would uh, start staticking and uh, it would drop and she would holler. And uh, there were three different voices that would speak from her. And it was one voice that really hated me. And it would keep telling me repeatedly, you die, you die, you die, you die. So um, I went around in circles trying to find a church to get out to Stockton, California to help my daughter because at the time I had just had a um, Achilles tendon repair. And uh, they worked with her and uh, she's still kind of struggling today with it. So, but anyway, my experience, Randy, uh, with the death experience, I worked for a very popular jelly bean company, candy company at the time, and I got introduced to cocaine after my football career because I had a little dance with a uh, professional career, you know, good story, sad ending, you know, one of those kind of stories. And after my football career, ended up getting involved in cocaine. And I remember... I was on a binge for about three days, going to work and still doing cocaine, going to work and still doing cocaine. One evening I got off work and went home and I laid on the bed. And I remember, I related to a heart attack because I remember grabbing my heart up under my chest and because I was lying on my stomach. And at the time my girlfriend, which is my wife today, she was in the living room. And, uh, you know, a heart attack is very painful. I'd never want to experience that again. And um, when I had this heart attack, man, I left out of my body. And I remember just looking down at myself. And I was able to look into the living room where she was sitting at the time. But at this time, I had no hearing, but just visual. And I remember reaching out to her trying to get her attention. 
But she did look into the room, but she didn't say anything. After I tried getting her attention, Randy, immediately, I left that bedroom and I was in another place. This place, Randy, I wouldn't want my worst enemy to be in. Um, it was dark. It was lonely. It was just destitute of everything that we know of love. I was able to feel the presence of others, but I couldn't see them. And I remember um, I was in a folded over position and I was uh, panting, trying to breathe. And the more I tried to breathe to live, the more I live, I died. And this was a cycle over and over and over and over again. And I, I, I couldn't stand up. I didn't see a body, but I knew I was existing. And I just didn't want to be there. Um, the loneliness is so great, I can't even describe it. It penetrates through you, all about you. And it's a lonely place. And this place is an eternal place. It is the absence of God's love. It's the absence of his light. It's, it's the absence of his caring. And all I remember, Randy, you know, we can be alone in this world, and yet we're still not alone because we're around others. But in this place, you have no one. No one. And I was trying to breathe. In this place, there is the smell of sulfur. And you're inhaling this and it cycles itself. You want to breathe and you can't breathe. And when you breathe, you can't breathe. Um, I remember wanting to leave that place. And I remember calling on the name of the Lord. I said, Lord Jesus. When I said that, I left that place right away. And when I left that place, Randy, I was in another place that was full of light. It was tranquil. It was peaceful. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding. It was beautiful. Randy, there's colors I've seen that you can't even describe here. It was just beautiful. And I remember I began to accelerate at a tremendous speed and I can describe it as like a tunnel, but it was a brilliant, brilliant light ring. And as I was accelerating at this speed, I then felt a present come with me or come next to me. And at the end of that tunnel, Randy, I, I, I said to the presence that was with me, the presence that was with me, it was warm and it was loving, very loving. At the end of the tunnel, I saw a bright, bright, bright light. And I remember asking this. I said, Lord God, if this is heaven, let me see it. He said, no. When he said, no, Randy, everything stopped. Just froze in time. When he said, no, he said, go back, for I am not ready for you yet. Randy, I did not want to come back here. I did not want to come back. There is a place, Randy, that is far better, where there's no pain and no sorrow and no death, 
And is God real? Yes, he is. Is the afterlife real? Yes, it is. Will you live again in heaven or in hell? Yes, you will. And we have to get it right down here. We have to do what God has created us to do and for our purpose to be fulfilled. I was afraid to tell this testimony. I've only told my testimony twice in two churches and it just changed the whole atmosphere of the church. Hmm. When I, when the Lord told me, no, I'm not ready for you yet. Everything went into reverse. Down the tunnel, back through the ceiling. I saw the ceiling in it, in it, through the ceiling, and I saw my body before going back into it, Randy. And you know how the paramedics use a defibrillator, yeah. and you get that percussion sound. Mm -hmm. That's what it sounded like going back into my body. Mm. And when I entered into my body, I jumped up, and when I jumped up, I was crying. I went into the living room and told my girlfriend, which is my wife right today. I said, why didn't you answer me when I called to you? She said, I looked into the bedroom, but you were asleep. I said, no, I died. I just come back. And um, I share that with her all the time. And she always asked me, what was it really like? What was it really like? All I can say is just prepare yourself for the life to come. Mm -hmm. This is a this is a heavy message, uh, Bishop Reed, and I think that your ministry uh, following this really uh, was uh, seemed to be in part the result of what you experienced both in heaven and in hell, but in the manifestations of the demonic, of the demons uh, before this experience, because you've been involved in a deliverance ministry. Yes. So you have what is uh, called in the Bible, uh, the gift of uh, discernment, but you also have another gift, which is a gift of deliverance. How do you think that the experience that you had both uh, in hell, the exposure uh, to God saying, no, you can't enter now. I'm going to ask you how you, how you came to know uh, Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but how do you think the experience of the the demons that you were seeing, uh, how does how did that affect your ministry today? It made me feel, in this perspective, Randy, I don't like the enemy, and he doesn't like me. Um, I can be around people, Randy, and they will become agitated. Um, It made me uh, develop a high height sensitivity to demonic spirits or the demonic realm, if you will. Um, I don't mind spiritual warfare. Uh, a lot of people are afraid of it. Um, it's, 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 what really made me angry, angry, Randy, is when my daughter became possessed. Mm. Yeah, it must have been gut wrenching to to experience that. I mean, how it? Um, what do you do in a situation like that? Uh, I prayed for her, and I would directly call the demons out. 
and they would tell me no, 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 no. And I would hear my daughter, her voice would fade in the background and then the spirit that was possessing her would take over, would come forward. Um, you could hear other demons inside of her speaking behind this demon that was, I would say, representing the others that were in her. Um, and she told me one day after her deliverance, but she still struggles. She said, Dad, I know why this happened to me. She said, you told me one day not to be around a certain individual. And I couldn't understand why you didn't want me to be around her. Well, I saw what she was trying to do. But anyway, through her experience with this other individual, it opened doors for her harassment and demonic possession. Um, I struggled with her. She went through this for about maybe uh, four weeks. I even called Pastor Larry. Pastor Larry, by the way, is a mutual friend of ours. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, um, but I didn't get in contact with Pastor Larry at that time because he was pretty busy himself at the um, so, but we, we, we got everything under control, uh, with my daughter. The, I'm curious, I know a lot of people are curious about, you know, what, what do these, uh, beings that we encounter, what do they look like? Um, are they, uh, ethereal that is vaporous in nature? Do they have a, uh, more substantive, like a physical, uh, presence about them? Can you, for example, touch them, feel them? Um, the reason I mention that, I tend to avoid, uh, Bishop, these uh, kind of these, uh, you know, these, uh, these uh, scintillating uh, details because it tends to mire us in the, uh, in, in these beings versus the, the true presence of, of God or what the essence of what God is communicating. But for the sake of just understanding how they appear, these demons appear, what, how would you explain them? Um, they have the tendency, Randy, of um, showing themselves. And uh, you have to understand that you're dealing with a power, a spiritual power in a spiritual realm uh, that's why the Lord God says, for our weapons are not carnal, okay, but they're spiritual. And um, you, you can get different manifestations. You can get table movement, furniture movement. Um, and with the spirit of discernment, the gift of discernment that God gives you, he will give you a glimpse of what's transpiring behind an individual. He will show the spirit sometimes. Um they're, they 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 they're hideous. They don't look good at all. Um, they're they're really undescribable because they're demented beings, if you will. And um, they're foul. They do have a smell. Um, the pastor that worked with my daughter, he's the one that performed the exorcist on her. And he said, Bishop Reed, he said, uh, the, the spirit that got up out of your daughter, we had to cover our mouths and our nose because it smelled so bad when it was leaving. And uh, yeah, they come in many different forms, many different uh, shapes and sizes, distorted, just hideous look. Uh, hideous. Um, I, you know, I was involved um, 
for time and deliverance ministry. And I can say that uh, there's, and to your point earlier, there's always some open door. There's always some invitation that these demons need to enter into a space. However, that for the believer in Jesus, because they're protected by the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes. But for the non-believer, they're just like, it's an open season for them, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And those of us that never had demonic experiences um, without having or receiving the salvation of Jesus Christ, you know, God is so, he's just beautiful. Even those that are not saved, his grace and mercy, just his grace and mercy. You know, a lot of people always uh, tell me, you know, well, I've never done this. My testimony is not that good. My testimony is not as great as yours. Well, my testimony is not a great testimony. A great testimony is this, when God does not allow you to go through what I've gone through mm. without salvation. Mm. That's goodness. And That's how did goodness. you, how did that is the good news? How did you come to salvation through this? Because when you were, and you were a youth at the time, and you had had a football career, and you um, now came was it face to face with God, um, and God told you that you could not enter. So, mm -hmm. how, what happened? You were resuscitated. Obviously, you came back from this uh, this uh, fatal heart attack. What caused you to to be a? Well, I'm kind of assuming it was the you were kind of uh, that the you were had the. Uh, this hellish experience that kind of precipitated you becoming a believer, but how did, how did that happen? How did you come about uh, being a believer and then, and then being a bishop? Well, Randy, uh, another cocaine experience uh, helped me to get to Christ uh, in Fairfield, California. Um, I had taken one of my uh, income tax return checks and I went and bought a large amount of cocaine and had two friends with me and we sat at the kitchen table and I began to smoke cocaine so heavily that my heart felt like it was about to burst. And um, I was sweating profusely, blood pressure sky high, um, high and out of my mind, just out of my mind, drinking alcohol along accompanying the cocaine. And uh, so I went back to smoking again. And um, he said it again. He said, remove thyself from this table. And when I pushed back, I stood up and I looked at both of my friends. I said, take the cocaine, get out of here and leave. At this time, Greyhound was running pretty good, the Greyhound bus. Um, and I only had $12 in my pocket after I spent all the money on the cocaine. And I called my mother and I said, mom, I, I, I need to be saved. I said, boy, you high again, you're drinking, don't call me anymore. So she hung up in my face and I called her right back. I said, mom, I need to be saved. I want to be baptized. She hung up the phone. I left my apartment, went to the Greyhound bus station, which was in walking distance. I only had $12 in my pocket and that's exactly how much it cost to ride the bus from Fairfield, California to Richmond, California. Within the hour after the last call of my mother um, that I called her, um, I was on her front porch knocking on the door. She opened the front door and said, oh, my God, 
you know, what, what, what's wrong with you? I said, mom, I want to be saved. So at that time, uh, it was Saturday and she called one of the churches and uh, he said, just bring him to church. Now, mind you, Randy, I was high. I was intoxicated. I was sick. Went to church the following morning. The pastor said, bring him in. And the sermon that he preached, it felt like I was the only one in that church. I sat far back at the last pew, but it seems as though that message went over everyone's head and grabbed my heart. And he had altar call. He said, is there anyone that wants to accept Jesus Christ into their life as their personal Lord and Savior? Randy, I did not walk down the aisle. I ran. <laughs> and being under the... In <laughs> Glory, hallelujah. Uh, being under the influence, when I got at the bottom, I fell to my knees. I was just that tired. And he baptized me, Randy, in the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, Randy, there's an old saying that the old people used to say. You know, when I got baptized, something stayed down in the water. When I was baptized, fully submerged in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of my sin, something fell off of me. And um, from that day forward, the Lord began to bless me in ministry, uh, began to bless me in his word. Um, he just began to just elevate me. And you know, the Bible says that your gift will make room and place you among great men. Some of the ones that I went to church with, I have superseded, not bragging of boast, but it's just the will and the power of God. Mm. And you... Uh were bishop and uh, pastored a church for a number of years, and now you evangelize uh, a num number of people here. But I, you know, I think the the contrast, Bishop, between hell and heaven, between that experience that you uh, described, this absolute loneliness, uh, mm -hmm. the desperation and darkness, which is a common feature, the sulfur, for example, that one smells. Um, and the stench, and you were talking about your daughter even when she was uh, going through a deliverance that the, the person doing the deliverance smelled this very pungent uh, odor mm. that was a stench that he could almost not even tolerate. Um, so there's a dynamic that people ask commonly, you know, why, um, why would God allow people to go to hell? Because that hellish place you describe is is beyond uh, almost words. I mean, it's uh, it's horrendous. Um, when people ask you about that, having gone to hell, did you have a sense that you belonged there, or that you know God was uh, was not good and allowing you to go there? What was your sense at that time? And what do you tell people now that say, you know, what? Why would a loving God allow people to go to hell? Well, you're dealing with the conversation of theodicy at that time. Um, God does not want anyone to go to hell. We are God's creation, and we have the opportunity to make choices. We know right, and we know right from wrong, and we know wrong from right. It is a choice. Um, God did not create hell for us to be there. He created it for Satan and his fallen angels. 
But if we're going to live a life of violence, hatred, drug abuse, everything that God does not want us to do, he desires for us not to do, but he does not make you not want to do. That's the choice. And he is saying, he's sending people back like yourself and me uh, to tell people that this is a real place. He does not want you to go there. Now, the question is this, well, why would a loving God send someone to hell? He never sends no one to hell. You make the decision yourself because it's right before you. But we have the tendency as human beings, we always want to put the blame on someone else. And we love to continue in our wrongdoing and we then will try to use someone else, okay, as an escape goat, so to speak, to continue in the path that we're in. You see, God has nothing to do with us going to hell because his cry is every day. Even today, the cry is don't go that way. Hmm. But we're not listening because we want the things of this world so badly, the desires of this world. And the Bible says that this world shall pass away and the elements therein with fervent heat. There's gonna be an end to all of this. And the Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and then to lose his soul? And the Bible says through the Apostle Paul that the things that are seen are temporal and the things that are unseen are eternal. And, 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 and uh, uh, Brother Randy, if, if you will, uh, what I saw, what little I saw of heaven, I want to see the rest. I want to be there because what I experience in that place is what I desire down here in this world, but it's not in this world. Eternal peace is in heaven. And that's where God wants us to be. He desires to be there. Tell, tell us, uh, that's uh, so well articulated and um, you know, I, I hope that people hear that. To me, it seems like a no-brainer, and yet I was an agnostic for much of my life, you know, so it's like <laughs> we tend to be hard-headed people, you know, uh, oftentimes, you know, at least I was. Uh, but uh, tell us what you saw in, in heaven when you had that glimpse of, uh, of heaven, and this was as a, a glimpse as, a, as one who hadn't received Jesus as Lord and Savior at that time. Yes, yes, yes. Um, the experience of what I saw, Randy, um, the light, it supersedes any light in this world that we know of. It is so brilliant. It is so beautiful. The colors, I cannot really fully explain because they were so beautiful, so vivid. Um, you know, Paul said that uh, he was caught up into the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I could not tell. So there are some things that are just unspeakable within our human capacity because we live in a, a, a three-dimension world and, and 
we are human beings. We're not spiritual beings. We are spiritual beings experiencing a human experience. We're not human beings experiencing um, a spiritual so the 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 the, it, the peace it, it is just so peaceful it just permeates through you the love that's there that i was accompanied by it just permeates through you it's a love you cannot experience down here on earth you know we speak of the agape love of god true enough in the body of christ and everything but in the presence of god the love is surpassing all understanding. This is a pure love. We have a conditional love. God has an unconditional love. And he loves us so much that he's sending people back and allowing us to come back with the message so that you won't go that way. But humans today, Randy, are so stubborn, as you said earlier, you know, they want their cake and eat it too, you know. And God is saying, okay, I don't want you to do that. I desire not for you to go that way, but you're going to go that way. And he's warning, he's crying out every day through evangelists, through pastors, preachers, outreach ministries, because the day is coming, Randy, when reckoning will take place. Hmm. And the Bible says that God says, he would that no souls would be lost. He desired that no one go to hell. He desires that all would come unto repentance and be saved, but not all will. Hmm. It's just uh, absolutely saddening and saddening to our Lord that there are those who refuse to accept what Jesus declared uh, himself as the way, the truth, and the life. He said, yes. no one comes to the Father but through me. He was exclusive in that regard. I'm curious to know, because I met um, Jesus as a, as a believer, albeit struggling with my faith at the time, but you met, you, you knew enough to cry out the name of Jesus and instantly you were in the presence of God. So as somebody who um, had not yet uh, made that commitment, uh, that heartfelt commitment, um, what was that like? What did he, how did he appear to you? Um, and what caused you to, to cry out the name of Jesus, even though you didn't know him intimately as Lord and Savior at that time? Well, at a young age, Randy, I, I had a grandfather that would, uh, at night, he would uh, have me to kneel next to him before going to bed. Uh, he taught me how to pray. He uh, took me to church. I became familiar with uh, Sunday school. So I, I knew something. And um, I would hear the Bible stories of Jesus, his power, you know, him walking on the water, you know, calling Peter to walk out on the water and him raising Lazarus from the dead and doing so many miracles. Turning water into wine and feeding the multitude of 5,000 with five fish and uh, uh, two loaves of bread. So in that place, I don't know really why I called the name Jesus, but it came out of my mouth, Randy. 
it came out of my mouth. When I called his name, I was just transported to another place, another dimension outside of that black place. Oh, Randy, one other thing. In this black place, um, there's a lot of pain. What I am now remembering, all the pain that I've ever experienced in my body, I'm talking about pain as we know it in this world, broken finger, broken leg, busted head, different diseases, all of that is there and you're experiencing it all at once. That's a lot of pain. That's what made me call out Jesus's name because it was unbearable. Mm. Yeah. And now imagine, Randy, everyone in this place that is in there with you, their pain is also pain. And as though it's being cycled through everyone that's in there, just cycled, nonstop. Mm. Nonstop. Wow. To be in that perpetual cycle of pain and suffering mm -hmm. for all of eternity. Yes. Um, was there was there a sense when you went there? I know you had mentioned. Uh, I th we've had uh, a couple of young young men now who have gone through uh, hell experience. One of my favorites is Khalil. Uh, mm -hmm. We're trying to support him and getting him to move in ministry because he's you know i think he has a calling on his life another one is brian melvin who was a little bit older but you know militant atheist so um i'm curious um you know khalil told us that he felt like he belonged there that it was justified that he was in hell mm. and brian said the same thing which is i mean appalling to me to think that somebody could be in that constant pain and, and think that they actually belong or they deserve to be there what was your impression uh when you were in that place well i didn't have the sense of me uh feeling that i belonged there and while you were speaking about the other young men they said they had the sense of them saying or saying that they belong there. I sometimes wonder, is it the enemy at the time when they do die that he puts that in their mind that you belong here? Mm. Because God's not going to say you belong there because he's telling us you do not belong there. So I really, truly believe at the time of their departure out of this life and transforming into another life, which is the spirit realm, the enemy at that time, you got to understand what they were doing at the time also. Who's in control of the life and the destiny that they're being taken into. So at the time of death, we know that God deals with the mind of men, and we know that Satan deals with the mind of man. So at the time, he probably, this is just me talking at this time, that he kept or put in their mind that you belong here and gave them the sense that they do belong here. You know, I, did that make sense? It, it was very insightful, actually, I think, that... Uh... You know, the, there are a number of people living today who feel like they 
don't deserve God. They've fallen too far. They've done too much. You know, how could they possibly merit the grace of uh, Jesus Christ based on what they've done? You know, and it's, they've fallen too far. And actually, there's some believers in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They are saved, but they're thinking, you know, I uh, would God really forgive this? And that was my impression in heaven. You know, I had these life reviews and and I was looking at the times I had failed. And not all of them were when I was in, not a believer. Some of them were as a believer. And I, mm-hmm. I said to Jesus, you know, really that? You forgave even that? Mm-hmm. And uh, and he said, yes, you know, every failure didn't reflect, didn't cause condemnation, but it reflected the grace of Jesus Christ in each of those situations. So I, I really appreciate what you said, uh, Bishop Reed, because I think it will, res- will, people will hear that, that are thinking, you know, I've fallen too far, or, um, you know, God is not good, which is my thing when I was a non-believer agnostic. You know, why would he allow this and that and this and that? And I like what you say, that people are deceived because they have no um, recourse. They have no hope in, in hell because yes. there's, they don't have, you know, the Lord, the Holy Spirit saying, hey, I'm here. I'm here to save you. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm yes. here to save you. And in hell, they all, none of them have that. None of them have that. And there is a story of Jesus in the Bible when he, the, the uh, La- uh, Lazarus, who was uh, you know a rich ruler mm-hmm. or man at the time, was in hell, and he was he had this uh, obviously had this cogency, this ability to to know that he was in hell and that he wanted Jesus to tell his relatives, and and Jesus said no if they if they haven't believed the prophets thus far they won't believe me. Um, yes. And so he had this awareness that, and I wonder if, if in hell, and if you had any of that, that, hey, you've got these loved ones, your grandfather had been interceding for you, praying for you, and that you have this awareness that, oh, wow, you know, what have I done? I want out. I want my loved ones to be saved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Randy, um, one thing about being in hell, you will have sensory perception. You will be aware. Um, you will be able to see. You will be able to feel. You will be able to hear. Um, when I had my experience, Randy, in that place, I was not aware of the formal life that I had. All was gone. The only thing that was magnified to me was all pain. Memory of family, gone. Memory of my life in this world, gone. Hmm. I was only accompanied by all the pain. Think of the world's pain. And all of it is in you, being cycled. Hmm. Take every human being that's ever experienced any kind of pain in their body, hardship, physical pain, brokenheartedness, whatever we may have in this life is in that place, but multiplied many times over. 
And another thing, I realized that I was existing, but I could not see my body, but I knew I had a body. And Randy, the most, the, what really behooves me is that I was folded over, but I was also standing, but I had no sense of what I was standing on. You're looking for a place for a firm footing, but there is none. The existing, the existence there is just crazy. Mm. It's crazy. Mm. And to live like that eternal and can't come out, I do not want to go to that. Mm. And my cry today are to those that are listening, if you're hearing today, you know, uh, um, accept the Lord Jesus as your personal savior because he's the only way out. Mm only way and as you had said early i you know jesus says for i am the way the truth and the life no man come unto the father but by me you know and there's so many different avenues people are creating you know false gods and false religions you know you can um, there's many different ways to heaven no there's only one way only one Hmm. Only one. And, yeah. And you know what, Randy? This world is not worth holding on to. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> I, I don't mean to sound, uh, you know, uh, harsh, but it, it, it's perishing every day. It's dying every day. Nothing gets better day by day. The world's diminishing. Mm. As 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 I, I would like to put it this way, after the show is over, the curtain comes down. Mm. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, it's it's lights out at that point, and it's um, you know the Bible says this life is but a mist. You know, it's like a vapor; yes. it just evaporates in in a in a millisecond of time in the scope of eternity, and um, uh, you know, this This is a wake-up call. Uh, if you're watching this um, and, and it's ministered to you, please bring your, uh, your friends, especially your unsafe friends, some of your, even your safe friends who need uh, some grace yes. in their life. Uh, but if you have, and that, you know, we have a, a drug epidemic in the world today, don't we? I mean, yes. we have so many young people dying. Uh, my daughter has gone to funerals of her friends who have died from drug overdoses. And uh, bring them to this, please, that they might find that hope, that salvation, that, yes. you know, that light of, of Jesus to, to light their life from take them out of the darkness. Yes, sir. Yes. I'm, I'm gonna ask you to pray uh, that prayer of both um bishop reed i'm going to ask you to pray both um prayer of deliverance because i believe there are some people that are watching this that may not even know that they're effect at the effect of demonic oppression or yes. possession and we've talked about the difference between the two um i don't know if in your ministry do you have a take on whether indeed uh, believers in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, Christians can be possessed? Um, 
I don't believe that they can be possessed, Randy, because they are covered by the blood of Jesus and they are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Um, there's one thing about a gift, Randy. You can accept it and you can give it away. God never takes it away. Mm. So true. Yeah, um, I, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, um, I, I, I firmly believe that uh, Christians cannot be possessed. I would agree with you. So I agree with that, that, you know, so if you're feeling that oppression and it's true oppression, there's demonic attacks, certainly. Uh, we wrestle against powers, principalities, spirits of darkness. Uh, yes. Daily. Um, so um, Bishop Reed, will you pray for us so both a prayer of deliverance for those who are oppressed or even the non-believers who are possessed and also just a, a prayer of salvation for those maybe that are thinking, well, I don't know if I'm, if I'm saved, if I'm going to heaven. Um, so they should leave this program, this episode, knowing that indeed they're destined for heaven. So would you pray for us, please? Yes. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, I ask and pray, Lord God, to those that are watching that are tuned in today. I ask and pray, Lord Jesus, that you set those that are free, set those free that are bound. And Lord God, those that are being buffeted, those that are demonically possessed. Lord God, you came to set the captive free. I ask and pray in the name of Jesus, by the power and authority of the Holy Spirit, that you loose those, oh God. Set the minds free, oh God. Give them hope, oh God, to let them know that there is another way. Oh God, there are not many ways, but there's only one way. Show them, lead them, and guide them, oh God. Speak to their hearts today. There's someone now, right now, Lord God, that is contemplating on using drugs today, and it might be their last time to use. Lord God, I ask and pray in the name of Jesus that you intervene. Save their soul, save their life, oh God, and give them eternal life in the end. I ask and pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And Lord God, those that are saved, oh God, continue to encourage our hearts. This I ask and pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord God, and have mercy upon those, Father God, that have no hope, that has given up hope, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, you are the hope, you are the life, you are the life sustainer, oh God, and you come to deliver. I ask and pray that it be done in the life of those that are seeking and that have no hope and that desire another way. This I ask and pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Mm, thank you so much. Well, Bishop Reed, I think we're going to become good friends through the, uh, for the beginning now because I think there's a, a ministry that uh, continues. You thought maybe you were headed towards retirement, but... Um, I'm serving notice now that you you can't. Uh, I thought I was at it for retirement too, and it wasn't. And God said, "No, I know you. You do minister and evangelize, but uh, you know I want to continue the conversation with you. We do have other uh, programs, by the way, uh, that we offer. Uh, we have in uh, November twelfth. We have uh, the Afterlife Conference. It's called Revelations from Heaven. Uh, we have speakers, panels, 
uh, Q&A, time to pray for uh, people that are part of that conference. You can go to randyk.org and you can find any more information to meet. Hopefully, we'll be extending an invitation to uh, Bishop Reed to uh, participate in that uh, conference, that event as well. Uh, it's an amazing event where you actually get to pray with people who have who have been uh, died and been to um, heaven and, and, and cases like Bishop Reed, uh, hell. Um, and uh, so we also have a number of other events and ministries. If you would like to reach uh, Bishop Reed, you can do so through the contact page of our site. And is there any other reference uh, references that you would like to share at this point to Bishop Reed of, for those who would like to, uh, to contact you or to just thank you? Um, well, Randy, um, I believe you have my number, and if uh, any questions arise uh, concerning this uh, Zoom meeting, um, feel free to give them my number. I don't mind talking and discussing, and uh, it was just a pleasure to uh, be with you on Zoom and to meet you. A pleasure being with you as well. Thank you so much, Bishop Reed, and uh, yes, if you do have a question uh, or just a need for prayer, um, you can leave uh, your information on the contact page. We'll make sure that uh, Bishop Reed gets those. Um, and uh, thank you so much for speaking to uh, the heart of God uh, today. And thank you, Bishop Reed, for your time, your ministry, and you, uh, your Randy. friendship to us. So. Uh, that's, that's it for now, but, uh, be of good cheer. All right. You do the same. And, uh, if, if you are, and I'm speaking to the audience now, if you are indeed in Christ Jesus, heaven is in your future. Take care and God Amen. bless. Amen. God. Thanks for listening. Please like, and subscribe. And if you'd like further information, go to our website at randyk.org, where our mission is simple to share the great news of God's love.